Many of us know the joy of looking down at a pregnancy test and seeing after weeks, months, or years of trying a positive, you're pregnant sign. Now put yourself for a moment in the shoes of a scared 17-year-old girl. Different emotions? You bet. Hi, I'm Heather Fowler, and I'm host of Graceful Stories, Living and Learning That God's Got This. Today, we will hear about the moment that this godly woman discovered she was pregnant and how she's doing now. If you or someone you know is facing teenage pregnancy, keep listening. You will find hope in this story. So where did this story come from? A few years ago, I wrote a book called The Warrior. Through it, people started telling me their experiences of courage and how God got them through challenging times. These are their stories. So I have an old friend in the hot seat today in my handy-dandy podcast studio in my closet. And she is Dina Morris. Dina, how long have we known each other? Well, I would say a good at least 15 years. Golly, seriously? Well, because, yeah, I think so. Maybe even 17 because I... You were my I was first your assistant, assistant, and I had been working at the school for two years before That's that. That's true. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, because this year, if I was still teaching, this year would be, I think, 18 or 19 years. Okay. And, yep. and I've been at the school since I had my son. Woo-hoo! So he's my time. He's my, my oldest. He's how I keep track of how long I've been teaching, because sometimes it's hard to remember what you did five minutes ago. So, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So let me introduce you all to Dina a little bit. Dina is the art teacher at Sunset Mesa, and I'm so excited. I know that's been a long time since you've had that job now, but that is just so cool, because when I first got to know her, as you all heard, she was my assistant, and I was uh, the first year I was a lead teacher, at the school and she was so amazing and she was an amazing art teacher and I had this little playhouse in the classroom remember that playhouse (laughs) and she and I with every holiday would decorate the house differently we made we made it into a giant pumpkin Mm -hmm. we made it into a giant gingerbread house I remember teachers would walk by and marvel at what we were able to do with that little house and say after Dina leaves, you will never do that again. And they were so right. <laughs> I never did. I never did. That was so much work, but it was really cool. And it got you and I close. Mm-hmm. And so I have known Dina's story for a very long time. And so Dina, when I first started thinking of this podcast, I really wanted her on the podcast. She was one of the initial people I instantly called and just... I needed her on there because I know she is going to make a difference in the hearts of some families out there and some individuals out there. So you're an art teacher at Sunset Mesa Elementary Mm -hmm. School. You have a husband, Jeff, and you have three children. Why don't you give them shout outs? Um, yes, my oldest son, Skylar, is 19. Then we have a son named Landon, who's four, 13. I keep wanting to say he's 14 because he's growing fast with his brother. <laughs> and then um, and then Eliza is our daughter, and she's nine. So. Awesome. So why don't we 
just start with your story and I will ask questions along the way. Okay, that sounds great. So my story, um, I have lots of stories, actually. <laughs> my journey, <laughs> We're going to get her back on. <laughs> my journey has been, um, has had many different trails, um, but, but God's always, um, you know, in the mix of things. Um, and so what I, um, my story that I'm talking to you about today is being a teen parent, uh, having a teen pregnancy and um kind of what what that looks like so if we go back to where i was as a young as a young child i've always been a rules follower i've always been a people pleaser and um i just really strongly believed in uh you know just doing my best so i was doing what people expected yeah, of do you do what people expected me i'm the oldest of my children of my uh, siblings, siblings. Um, I'm also older than my children. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm the oldest of my siblings. Um, and so I kind of always take on that, um, oldest child role of leading, forging ahead and leading the way and doing things the way you're supposed to. And so I was in high school, um, had moved to Albuquerque, uh, the beginning of my freshman year. And I actually had four I had four different schools I went to really? just in that first semester because my dad was in the Air Force. So we oh. moved a lot and I was used to that kind of a thing, but I was really intimidated by my school because it was so giant compared to where I was before, um, just in my own class. So oh, wow. just a high school student kind of trying to find her way in a sea of people. Mm -hmm. And I had met this wonderful very handsome young man that, um, through my neighbors, I babysat for little girls next door and they had owned horses, um, and they were boarding them at my, um, at my boyfriend's. Well, he wasn't my boyfriend at the time. My but husband this guy. now. Yeah, this guy. <laughs> he, um, I didn't know anything about this guy. I just was going to ride horses with these sweet little girls that were like my adopted little sisters. Um, and I ended up, uh, going eventually not to ride the horses anymore but to go see to see Jeff this boy that I had met and I remember going back to school and telling all of my friends about how cute he was and I feel like he likes me I really like him and I feel like he likes me back but what's funny is our Macy the girl the oldest of the two I was babysitting she actually um she told Jeff that I had a boyfriend and she told oh no and she told me that he had a girlfriend. had a girlfriend and so and because she was so smart she wanted me to spend time with her when I went to ride horses and not get sucked into having a boyfriend which smart is girl. actually what ended up happening eventually when we both found out we were both single <laughs> so <laughs> so you know we, it just was this little love story I called him my barn boy I would go see my I'm going to see the barn boy today and um, I just had so you all didn't go to the same high school we didn't no okay. we went to two different high schools and um, and so it was kind of fun because it was like a, like a destination boyfriend, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> to heck with a destination yeah, wedding, yeah, like the wedding, you know, you think of, oh, I get to see this. So it's kind of, I guess, a little romanticized that way too. Mm -hmm. It was just, um, and he, the way we started dating is I started, I joined 4-H so I could spend more time with him and mm. kind of get in there that I was actually single and all of these things. So. Um, and then that turned into just, you know, spending as much time as I could with him and doing, um, I would even, I went to church just to see him. 
So, <laughs> but you, so you so, did go to the same church? Um, well, we didn't at the beginning. I started going to his church so I would have those extra hours, okay. especially because we weren't at the same school. Uh-huh. I felt like I remember feeling like you just couldn't get enough time together. You know, and I really think that a lot of people will understand that with first loves, mm-hmm. you know, that that almost magnetic connection where you cannot imagine a moment going by that you can't see them. Yes. So did That's you? That's where I was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, was it the same faith that you yes. went to? So it was an mm-hmm. easy switch to go to his place. Yes. Yes. And, and so he and he actually was going to a, a Christian school. So, you know, I was public and he was at a Christian school. So we have, we both had different school experiences too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was pretty simple in that, in that aspect. And then I was able to say, well, mom, you can't be mad. I'm going to a different, I'm going to church to see my boyfriend, you know, yeah. <laughs> so that, he's so, a good guy. So we, we dated for uh, about a year and, um, we, we just really loved each other, but I think mostly lusted <laughs> for each other at that point because we were initially drawn to each other, I think, uh, by attraction. When If you were to ask Jeff <laughs> um, why he wanted to hang out with me, it's because he thought I looked cute in my riding pants, and I thought he was adorable. <laughs> he was just so handsome. So we had that physical attraction from the get-go, and I think that's a big part of when you when you meet somebody, of course you want to be attracted to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think dealing with um, teenage hormones and coming into ourselves as wannabe adults, we we felt that attraction piece stronger than you would at maybe a, a grown up level. And we we're still so, kids. <laughs> yeah. So how old were you? Um, I when you met, met when we met, we were fifteen, sixteen. So you were 15, mm-hmm. he was 16? I was 16 and he, yeah, yes, around okay. there. I kind of, it was kind of blurred a little bit when I could ask him when he had his lymph node surgery. Because when I, <laughs> I took him Skittles to, um, oh. in, a, in a, like, get well card oh. and made sure I was there to help present with the girls when we went yes. over. And he was so embarrassed that I saw him all bandaged up and everything. So, <laughs> um, so that was about the time that I, I feel like we kind of started showing each other that, okay, hey, I kind of care about you and I'd mm-hmm. like to get to know you better. And that was like right around 15, 16, 16. Yeah. Because, um, I ended up getting pregnant. Um, I can tell you the day I got pregnant even (laughs) Martin Luther King day. (laughs) There you go. Um, uh, but, and that was because I, um, it totally took me off guard. It was not something I, I expected of myself. Remember we talk about the person, my characteristic, the character I had of, I want to do things the way I've been taught to do them and, uh, follow the rules and not, not live recklessly, not take any chances on things. And, um, I was actually the last person on the face of this planet that I ever would have expected to be a pregnant teen because I, I was very, I was very vocal about how I couldn't believe so and so was sleeping with her boyfriend because I would never do that. And then here I was, um, doing that and, um, we actually ended up getting pregnant. So how old were you at pregnant? I was 17. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I ended up having Skylar, our oldest, um, I was, I had turned 18 five days before I had him. Okay. 
So, so I want to yeah. ask a couple difficult questions sure. that um, I told you ahead of time that I was going to ask the questions okay. that not a lot of people probably have the nerve to ask. Sure. So what do you think got you from, I would never do that, I'm not the, the girl that would do that, to you're there and mm -hmm. that's happening. I mean, there's, there's mm -hmm. that moment when you have to actually decide I'm going there. Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you think happened? Well, I think that I just learned one of the biggest life lessons right away that you shouldn't ever say what you will or won't do unless you're <laughs> in that actual situation. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I was, I was saying I would never do something without having any real, um, experience or knowledge about what I was talking about. I was, I was assuming I would not do that. And right. I felt very strongly about it. But when I was caught up in the moment of it and we had been dating for a year and just, you just feel like you get to know someone and you love them. And I do, I do still love him very much. And I loved him then. So, um, the whole love factor added a huge piece to yeah. my, that decision. But on the same token, I also was very much in denial. I remember still being in denial while we <laughs> were together, but that's not what we're doing. You know, I just, um, because I had to, I guess I was having to justify it for myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you know, I see that there's a lot of talk now and you know, people are waiting until they're later and older and older and older to get married. And then mm -hmm. we are going to bring the faith aspect into it a little bit more, but there's, there's that, there's that I because I know that you are a person of faith. I know that you are a Christian and I know you were a Christian back then, you mm -hmm. know, and I there's this I, I've heard women and I say women because we're talking mid to late 20s and, and there there's a conversation starting about how do you do this? How do you be a woman and not married at 25, at 30 and keep yourself pure? And mm -hmm. how do you do that? And what does it look like? I mean, that that's a tricky thing. I mean, may I don't know. Do you think it's less tricky at 17? Um, well, I think that I, I can't, I can, um, I can't imagine what it would be like, but we were, we were just so much driven by hormones, you know, it, that mm -hmm. stage of life was mm -hmm. extremely. And now that I have children that are the, those eight, you just see that there's not as much of, um, like for instance, my, when, once you hit teenager, it's like you all of a sudden know how life works Yeah, and you're you, an adult. you have all mm -hmm. the answers and you just want to be independent and make your own decisions but you still don't have the life experience to put behind that. Right. And so I feel like as a, an older, like in my 20, mid twenties, had I not been down that road that God took me on, <laughs> um, I, I would, I would find other things that were, were challenging, but I might have more life experience that helped me to temper my decisions. Yeah. I, I feel like I was more impulsive. Then. Yeah, I agree. Um, because I, mean, that's I, I can just see from my stage. own life. That's mm -hmm. just the stage that I'm noticing, and especially being a teacher and knowing a little bit more about human growth and development and the mm -hmm. things that go on, it makes sense why we were so hormonally charged, emotionally charged, just decided to 
be impulsive and act upon that. Um, and that's tricky. It's, I could see it happening for someone in their twenties too, with, with all of those same feelings. It's, it's just, um, you know, it's God's design for people to come together and be married and be together. So it's, yeah. it's a longing we all have and there are real feelings that everybody deals with, but making goes those, along with that. <laughs> making those choices, um, and understanding, um, what the, the gravity of the them. gravity of them, the gravity is a good word because mm-hmm. I definitely <laughs> felt some gravity. <laughs> okay. Then let's, let's get to that moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the moment. Okay. How did you find out you were pregnant? Well, um, so if we go back to that whole denial thing that I was in, I mm-hmm. had a very, I really didn't, I really didn't know much about sex in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I really felt like I was legitimately questioning, was that really what that is or not? Okay. <laughs> um, and I had really avoided that subject because it made me feel, and I think a lot of, I remember the middle school phase where you don't want to talk to anybody about that taboo mm-hmm. subject that feels really awkward. And so I didn't really know much and I didn't really ask. And I also relied on things that maybe you would hear from friends at school or yeah. for my knowledge of what mm-hmm. all of that was. So I hadn't really looked into what exactly um, all of that entailed. And mm-hmm. so then I also felt like, well, we I, I really think I went into such a state of emotional turmoil mm-hmm. that I, I just was pretending like it actually hadn't happened. And so I didn't, I ended up getting to where I was missing my period and I thought I'm just stressed. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's my senior year and I have Mm -hmm. all these things. So I actually, um, found out because Jeff and I both, it took a really big toll on our relationship because we both felt, um, convicted that we had been together when we had said we, we should wait and we knew what we were supposed to do. And so we both kind of were avoiding the elephant in the room <laughs> yeah. and that made us real edgy with our parents. And it made mm. like, there was just lots of things that because we were harboring this guilt and shame on our own. Um, I remember Jeff reached out to his sister mm-hmm. and she actually got married when she was 18. Okay. And so, um, he reached out to her and she said, Hey, you know, I think you should go get a pregnancy test mm-hmm. <laughs> she hasn't mm-hmm. had her period. So we went to... Together. Oh, yep. We went together to um, a Walgreens that was out of our school district. Good so for that you. nobody yeah, would see. Would have done the same thing. <laughs> see that we purchased it. We went to a McDonald's and oh um, he waited out in the McDonald's and I went into the bathroom and waited for this test that I was certain was going to be negative because we never really had sex in my mind. And, um, <laughs> and, um, I remember almost passing out when I, I had to like brace myself on the walls of the stall oh, wow. because I just got this gravity that gravity. you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I literally, I was about to let gravity go into effect and hit the floor. <laughs> and so I, um, I just remember going out to Jeff and telling him what he really didn't want to hear. We were both praying that that was not, um, and then, and then we did, we had to have some discussions and what do we do? And we called his, called his sister. Um, I actually, I actually called my Nana because, um, she had had two teen pregnancies herself and lived through that. And so I knew that about her and I knew she would know right where I was 
Yeah, she would understand and the gravity understand of it on your behalf. How I didn't know how to tell anyone, mm-hmm. but she was someone I could tell. So mm-hmm. both Jeff and I had people that you could we go could to. go to um, to ask what to do. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you made the calls. Mm-hmm. What did Jeff's sister encourage you all to do? Um, do you remember? She, I, I, she encouraged us to tell the parents at this point because there is a, a baby <laughs> in the making. So mm-hmm. um, that was another thing we didn't want to hear because it's hard to face uh, the, the, the responsibility that comes with your decisions that you know were premature, like yeah. things that you didn't, or impulsive. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to face that. Yeah. And so, um, and my Nana also encouraged me to tell, but I didn't, I really was so devastated to have to tell my parents um, yeah. that I, I just told her, I just need to talk and please don't tell them yet, but I'm going to need help when it's time. And so it did end up being um, Jeff's parents, pulled it out of him one day and just said, enough of this What's acting, the way you're acting, there is something going on you need to tell us. And he, so he came clean, and then he called me immediately, and I was furious with him <laughs> because I was going to have to tell my parents now. <laughs> yeah. How long was that before um, he told we, his parents? So um, it was April. I got pregnant in January. So wow, you all waited a long time. You weren't showing? I was through my first trimester. I know I, well, see, here's the other thing is that I had decided I wasn't going to play softball my soft, my senior year. Uh, and so I had put on a little bit of weight, but I was Because you weren't fit, playing softball. But I was very fit before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because I wasn't playing softball, I think um, I assumed, my parents assumed I just wasn't being as active. Mm-hmm. And you know when you're when you're fit, then it just doesn't show as fast. Right. Um, I actually was able to graduate without anybody knowing I was pregnant. Wow. So, um, but there were some things that were happening that were causing some rumors. Oh no. <laughs> so, um, so you know, it was right around prom time. I remember because I went to prom knowing I was pregnant, but my parents didn't know. They gave mm. me a new car. And I felt like the biggest heel on the planet. Like, I don't deserve a new car. Um, and so I I remember having to call Nana and tell her, <laughs> um, I need you to call mom and dad. And this was back before cell phones, right? So mm-hmm. I called her on my phone and said, I'm going to hang up. Mm-hmm. I need you to call right back. And I need you to tell mom and dad that I'm pregnant because I don't know how to do it. Wow. So I remember we, you know, we had two phones in different rooms. So, so they, they were in, so you're in the house where they are and your grandmother calls them. Right. But I actually wasn't where they were because we had, that was old school where there was a phone in the office and there was a phone in another so room. So you were in a different room, so but in the same house. So the parents were in, like, and I was in the hallway in the middle, just, um, there's that gravity again. I was on the floor mm-hmm. with, um... I just can't, I can't even put to words what it felt like, but I just knew everything was everything about to was change. About to change. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And so this is after prom? After prom. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've, and now I've gone through two, two high school dances, winter ball and prom, both pregnant and didn't, didn't really realize it. You know, when you look back, I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of do look pregnant in that winter ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay. So your grandmother calls. Mm-hmm. Your mom or your dad? Because, I mean, this is um, old school. I so. feel like my 
dad answered and then told my mom, you need to get on the phone. Um, but because it was a landline, but he didn't so. know what he just knew that she Something. said, I need both of you. Oh, okay. So okay. So they find out, they find out mm-hmm. and then they come to the hallway. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, yeah. And there just were all, all manner of emotions at that point, um, from, uh, frustration, anger, concern, worried that. I think they couldn't believe that I had done that either. Mm-hmm. So naturally it went to, was it forced, was it upon, forced you? upon you? Right. Mm-hmm. And I, out of fear, I do remember not really knowing what to say to that. It didn't really say, no, absolutely. I was part of that. Cause you know, your human nature just wants to be like, you want the blame to be away the blame from you. Could go somewhere else. <laughs> um, but I, but then like within seconds was like, no, it cannot be just Jeff is blamed by that. We both were active participants. It was not. And so, you know, so then my parents were, I just can't even imagine the roller coaster ride they were on. Um, I can now that I have older children and I've had just different life lessons of just watching your child go, go through those times where they made an impulsive decision or they have to deal with the ramifications of something that they knew not to do, but they did it anyway. And that's not just, you know, premarital sex. It could be you know, anything, just that pit you get in your, in your stomach as a parent that you can't undo mm-hmm. and you have to let the series of events unfold now. So has it changed? And I want to get to the second mm-hmm. part of our yeah. interview mm-hmm. um, soon, but because that's such an exciting part of the interview. But has it changed how you parent going Absolutely. through what you did? 100%. Um, I feel like I want to be the person that helps my children navigate. For me, it was because I I didn't, um, I truthfully did not know much about sex and that was my fault. My parents tried to educate me on things, but it was just so awkward for me. And I do, it's really weird, not weird, but I've reflected on this a lot. And one thing that I think was big is that when I was on the bus in kindergarten, I remember some older kids telling me what sex was mm. and it made me feel uncomfortable. And, and so you I carried never, that uncomfortable yeah. with you. And I never told my parents that they said that to me. And I just held it inside and was like, that's something we don't talk about. And I don't want to feel uncomfortable again. So whenever my mom would try to come talk to me about, I remember I put off the whole, you're going through your cycle talk for ever. (laughs) I did not want to talk to her about it. So it was my own wall that I had put up, even though my parents really did try to make sure I knew what I was going into the world with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So for me, parenting wise, um, even if it feels awkward, Mm-hmm. I still find ways to talk about things, but I, I feel like I look for an opportunity. I don't force the conversation. Like we have to have this before right. something happens to you. It's more of, I'm just, I think because I can have that perspective of that started all the way from kindergarten. I held on to that. You probably talked about it earlier. Yes. And I didn't put it off. If they had a question, mm-hmm. we stop what we're doing and we're going to talk about we that address it. because I want to be the one to teach them, not have them pull all these pieces from their friends or what they see on TV or what they assume, um, especially because the world looks very different than what the Bible tells us. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So let's do the fun thing. Let's talk about God. So 
where was God in this story? He was everywhere, <laughs> always. And you know what's funny is that um, for a little while too, because I did end up going, I did end up having Skylar. I went to college. I, I actually, my first semester of college, I was pregnant. I got put on bed rest, had him, and then had to finish college in three and a half years to keep my scholarship. So Jeff and I worked super hard to make all of those sacrifices to go through. So just just knowing that, like, I, I, I don't even know where I was going with that, except that part, the journey didn't stop just by announcing I was pregnant and then having Skylar. Skylar has actually been a protection for us in so many ways that we look back on. And there are so many strands of this story that I feel like I probably won't fit it all into the interview, <laughs> but because they still unfold today, like as it is today, I can still link things that are happening to me now that I'm like, God prepared me for that because of this experience yeah. that I'm yeah. in. So one thing that was really big, um, when I found out I was pregnant, a big disc, you know, remember I, I'm a rule follower. I have known my whole life that I do not believe in abortion. I was going to ask you if that mm -hmm. ever entered into anybody's thoughts. Yes, it did. And that was another mind blowing that it even entered my mind for a split second was mind blowing to me. And this has been the biggest testimony of how God can take something that you feel really strong about, like legalistically Mm -hmm. And how he can really humble you and put you in a place that you have compassion for people at this point. Mm. So I learned my biggest lesson of compassion that I will not say I would, I wouldn't do that if I were you, because I don't know what I would do if I was in the same circumstance with the same people at the same time, I might very well do the very same thing that I would say I would have said before that I would never do. So, um, so I, we did talk about that, that day that we got our pregnancy test the discussion in the car was, what are we going to do? We could tell somebody there's adoption. There's a, there's abortion. Like, uh, like all of that came out mm -hmm. and we both looked at each other when we said abortion and we were like, no, that can't be an option. So it took that off. Almost it took it off immediately, but it still was in the back of my head as an escape. Yeah. Because you, when you're pinned up against the wall like that, so you you get creative with things mm -hmm. and you think mm -hmm. that could maybe fix all of my problems. Mm -hmm. And the reality of it is, is that you can't fix all of your problems by avoiding them in life. You have to go through it. <laughs> well, you know, uh -huh. and, and I know we're in the God segment, mm -hmm. but um, one question that I forgot to ask is mm -hmm. what did you all end up doing? You, you ended mm -hmm. up talking to both parents and mm -hmm. um, did the parents and you all decide on a plan of action? And what was that plan? Well, Jeff and I had to come together to decide our plan because we, I, I think our parents were kind of like, they wanted to control the situation as much as they could. But it was also one of those, well, now you have this big responsibility and you're going to have to grow up and you have to come to the plate on this. And so my parents were not wanting us to get to stay together, really, just kind of, we'll take care of the baby, we'll figure it out. They were upset, um, and rightly so. I would be upset too, but um, my in-laws wanted us to get married immediately because it's not right to not be married. And, you know, so mm -hmm. it's just, mm -hmm. they were very different. But knowing my, um, my dad came from a home where his biological father wasn't there. And so I think he responded with, we'll handle it. You yeah. know, so... Yeah. One thing that's really, and then my mother-in-law came from a, a place of her parents got divorced and she wanted mm. them to stay together. Mm -hmm. 
So when I think of where they came from, that's where God was in it. Like he's, he's working on things for my parents and for Jeff's parents. And I know that they would, they would attest to this. He's working on things through our hardship. It brought them full circle on some things that they They were struggling with. with. (laughs) So it's like my Nana knew what it was like to be a teen mom. So I could reach out to her. My dad knew it was like to not have the dad, Mm -hmm. but figure it out. Like, so for him to kind of see that my, that Jeff has really stepped up and is the best dad to my kids and the best husband. It's given him a lot of, he was responding out of fear. He was Mm -hmm. afraid for me to go through all the same things he had gone through. So I see that now when I was a teen, I was like, they're just trying to control us. Like, <laughs> we have a baby. We're trying to be grown We're ups now. We're grown ups now. <laughs> you know, so then I had that struggle of I'm a child trying to raise a child still. But I feel, but I've already made that commitment. So it's just kind of one of those things. God was in it from the moment of way before I was even born to um, with the abortion thing. I think this is pretty critical. I, we had that discussion that night. The next day in school, I was in a class called Working with Young Children. Oh, and I should back up the train one second, because in my class for Working with Young Children, right after we... Oh, yeah, it was the same. When we found out, we found out the night we had um, the pregnancy test. The next day, I got assigned a computerized baby. Oh, my gosh. I remember those in high school. Yeah. It was (laughs) the part I was really looking forward to, and that baby cried every three hours, and I had to have all these things. And every single person I ran into said, now, doesn't that make you think twice before you have sex? And it just was like a little twist in the side, like every every single time somebody saw it, and I was thinking... More than you know, it makes me think that. But I, if know. I would have had this a couple months ago, I might have made a different decision. <laughs> um, so uh, that was that was hard to harbor, like all those feelings of I had a secret that I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, it came up in my um, government class. We had to do debates, and I had a debate. I had to debate on abortion. Oh my! And, and this um, is after you this found is out when I knew I was pregnant and I remember one of my co my, my peers telling me because I was again I was against abortion and he was the four four and he he would say he said you can't look at me right now and tell me that if you were pregnant today <sighs> that you wouldn't get an abortion and you looked and, him straight in the eye and I well and <laughs> I didn't wanted know. to and I said well I would like to think that I would and I can tell you that I feel very confident that I would <laughs> you know so I just but I remember that you know it was a, a pride thing too I had to work through not everything blesses everyone I couldn't tell them where I was and I had to kind of just swallow that pride of yeah I do know exactly what I would do and I'm doing it right now buddy right but I just so then that computerized baby's going along, right? And then I had, um, I had to study. I got assigned an, a, a, I got assigned a research paper for that class, and I had to study all the different ways to get an abortion Ooh. and the effects they have on women. That was part of the study. So I know that was perfectly placed in my path, so that I would one hundred percent, without a doubt, rule out abortion. Yeah. Because I read that stuff and I thought I'm not doing that. That does not. So you totally feel like God placed God those placed things. God placed that. I mean, it was the day after when I have all these thoughts in my head. And so I can see the protection. Jeff and I talk about how Skylar protected us because he gave us a common goal to work towards through college. That we both were so like in the flesh in our relationship that what's to say we wouldn't have gone and done some other things um, and not been together 
after high school that coming together and having a baby made us really focused on getting our work done, getting those jobs and not living a life of partying and taking ourselves down another road. Right. You know, that could have so led into different problems. And I certainly would not say now that I would never, <laughs> never try drugs or I would not go to that party, you know, because I know that about myself that I'm human. I'm not a... I'm you not may a, have very well yeah. gone that way. Yeah. So that in itself, when I think back to it, um, there was a, there was a layer of protection for me that I was able to graduate and nobody knew. Um, there was actually mm. a rumor going around that I was bulimic because my morning sickness, oh. I was throwing up a lot and people thought that I was bulimic. So, um... I kind of let that ride. I was like, yeah, I mean, I didn't say anything about it, but it's, but it's just interesting. The things that come out later mm-hmm. that you're like, wow, that was a protection. That yeah. was there. There was, um, there's just so much to it, but I also had a church family that surrounded me. Yeah. Um, so Jeff and I felt very ashamed and lots of guilt. And that's part of what we can maybe talk about another day is that I also, um, I claimed that guilt and held on to it for a long time, even though, Life was going in the right direction. There was a lot of support. Um, we had a sweet, the pastor's uh, son and uh, wife and his wife, uh, Scott and Charlene, they had us over. They had a little one-year-old and they just took us under their wing when they found out we were pregnant and they showed us what, what does a Christian marriage look like? Oh, that's what awesome. Does, what you just spoke life into us instead of putting us down for, for our decisions. I think mm-hmm. there's just so much love I know there's so much love at our church and we still go there and it just, I, I want to be that for people, a mentor that, Hey, I've walked this road. That's why I share is that I don't, I don't live in that guilt and shame anymore because I realize God gave it to me to teach me things about myself, but also mm-hmm. to help other people who are going through the same exact things. Um, and so we had, we had that little couple. They're so precious. They're, they're still heart friends. I still cry thinking about them because, um, I still think cry of Charlene thinking, I'm so glad that you kept Skylar. Like every time she sees him, she tears up. And I will tell you, it was such a, for me to have Skylar tell me when he found out what abortion was and he knew our story. Cause we thought our kids are going to do math eventually. They're yes. going to know we weren't <laughs> married. So we that's another part of bringing in discussions to my kids. We've always been very open that yes, we were not married. No, that's not God's design. But look at what beautiful things he's made from our diligence to try to do things his way um, as much as we can because we're human. Um, but I remember the day Skylar told me, Mom, thanks for, thanks for not. Oh, thanks for not. For not <laughs> getting rid of me. Wow. That's powerful. <laughs> so I just know that um, with every fiber of my being that this is a God thing because it's not the path I would have picked for myself. But if it had I had a chance to rewind it, I don't think I would change it because it just, it's one of those, you know, people ask, would you do things differently? There's just, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to fix the problem. Yes, I might have waited to be with Jeff knowing what we were up against, but I just, the, when you, the when path you hit is beautiful. something and when you hit something hard, like a challenge, that that's in your in your face about you have to deal with it and it's a consequence of something you've done uh, so many people think that the consequences are just going to be nothing but punishment and the consequences are where the growth happens mm. okay say that again um I, the consequences, consequences are where, where the, the growth, growth happens, happens. <laughs> yeah that's good because <laughs> when you don't face your consequences when you don't take responsibility then it's like you never deal with it 
You and just... pregnancy is one of those things that so often, in some way, shape, or form, you mm -hmm. do have something that you have to deal with. Right. Yeah, there was no, like, I, I was pregnant. There was no undoing that <laughs> or covering it up of any sort. And so I do remember my friends had been, um, they had felt slighted because I didn't tell anybody. And then they, I wasn't hanging out with them because I was so tired. And I never, I was in such a state of, I was not mentally there for my second half of my senior year. Yeah, who so, would be? But my, but my friends were also such a blessing to me because they, even when they were upset with me, they never, never made me feel bad. And it was only after I told them I was pregnant after we graduated, they all were like, well, oh. that makes sense. It's like, <laughs> it's like they knew that I, they knew me, that I loved them. So having that acceptance too, and just to have friends that walked with, through that with me afterwards, that still are in my life, that reach out to me, that they're so sweet. They have babies of their own now. And sometimes I've even gotten from my two very dearest friends, Diana and Lindsay, they both have texted me on separate occasions saying, I don't know how you did this because here I am as a grown up adult with all the right situation and you made it through. And my thing is that for a good long time, I let, I let people's accolades on how well I was doing. I took credit for that. Mm. And that was how I started really seeing where God was in things because I felt convicted that I was claiming I was claiming that as an accomplishment of my own and it really was so much God's provision and blessing and his protection and I can't claim one ounce of of that because that was him setting things in place for me and for Jeff to walk through this journey and really be able to glorify him so in review before mm -hmm. we go on to the third yeah. little part you feel like God was there from the moment because he situated your classwork mm -hmm. so that you wouldn't go toward the route of abortion. Mm -hmm. And he was there that Skylar, you're the one that you were pregnant with. Yes. He was truly a protection for you. Mm -hmm. And so God set this up, um, allowed the situation to happen so that Skylar would protect you. Mm -hmm. Am I saying that right? Well, I feel like we still have freedom of choice. So mm -hmm. God knows how we're going to get someplace and we get to choose how we get there. <laughs> and there's probably many scenarios, but I feel like um, Skylar was a protection to us as we tried to honor what God would want us to do with our life. And so there's ways that we could have maybe thrown that protection away um, or ignored things or... Mm -hmm just by not being responsible for what we needed to be responsible for. So, um, like that. so that's where I feel like he was, as we've reflected on it as adults, we're like, wow, you know, who, who those, those moments of what if, what if we would have, where yeah. would we be? We just, we're you so see God sure in that those God stories. took it back and made something good. Cause he'll always make it good. He always will for the good of those who love him <laughs> and, and called and according to his purpose. Yes. <laughs> and I know that this is my purpose too, to share yeah. with people. Um, and again, it just goes even further to down the line because there is, when you fall hard like that, um, you can choose whether you move forward or you dwell in it. And I was trying to move forward, but I real, I recognized places in my life over the past several years that I've, I've held on to pieces that, I know God wouldn't have wanted me to like okay. the guilt and the shame. 
So, so that is perfect mm-hmm. segue. But before we yeah. go to that segue, I love mm-hmm. how you mentioned that your church family and there were precious friends in the in the path that God placed at the right place at the right time that helped you through this. Yes. Because in a time where so many people are saying, I don't like, um, uh, oh, I'm trying to search for a word. I don't like organized religion. Mm-hmm. That's where... Um, Yes. Or, you know, those church bodies mm-hmm. are are helpful. And, and I, have really a, found. I have another piece to that that I'll be very quick because I know I talk a lot, but I just... <laughs> You're this good. This is a whole lifetime we're talking about here, Heather. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, including a baby's lifetime. Um, but uh, so within my church body, I kept seeing this beautiful lady named Liz. She was my triage nurse when I was going in to um to just get checked out so i'm here the scared pregnant teen when that's another component going to a doctor's appointment and oh. as a teen and having to be inspected in all your areas that you're not used and you've to. never been yeah before. and i had never been for that for a pregnancy so that was a whole new world too but liz was there she helped triage me she was always so kind and then i saw her at the gym after i'd so I'd had Skylar. I was trying to take care of myself afterwards. I saw her at the gym. Mm-hmm. And then I see her at church. You saw her at church? She came to our church. So Liz is still, I'm friends with her daughters and their kids. And she's been, she was an angel in disguise. Uh, just, just perfect miracle this person. This little person that Because God she put was a constant life. for me of comfort. And mm-hmm. she was there. And then for us to be connected in worship at our church is mm-hmm. amazing. And one more place that I know that I haven't given enough credit to is that my family really stepped up to the plate, too. I think my parents and Jeff's parents have been um, dealing with all the things they had to deal with. They still they still didn't want us to just be out on our own. Like, they wanted to help us as much as they could. So my mom helped watch Skylar so I could work and go to school. Um, as we've grown our family, my mother in love has helped with... She stays... She stayed home um, or worked part-time as a nurse and was able to help with Landon and Eliza some too. So like my, our family has been very, they've, they've embraced us and helped us to feel like it was going to be okay. Okay. So let's transition to mm-hmm. the third part. Yes. So advice. Mm-hmm. I would like you first to talk to family members mm-hmm. who may have just found out that they have a daughter mm-hmm. that is pregnant or maybe even suspecting that that let's go to the suspecting first mm-hmm. and um they suspect that there that there might be something going on mm-hmm. what should they do um well they should do what my parents did and ask okay. <laughs> um cuz i do remember my mom having conversations with me and saying are you okay like what's going on but i was really good at just telling her mom i'm stressed it's my senior year and i kept pushing it off but the more i reflected on it like my, my parents were always there to, ask, to for me to talk to i just had to choose to do that and i think that was where the rubber hit the road was when Jeff had to tell his parents. Mm-hmm. So if we look at the way both of them did, both of them were doing what I would advise is ask the questions. Of and keep asking. Yes. What is bothering you? You're not acting. You so know that you they've... can talk to me. Exactly. You know that I'm, I love you. Because for me, it was, I don't know. I know my parents love me, but I had this worked up in my brain that I was going to be on the street disowned. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. because I did something that was not expected. Even though their their actions and behaviors would not have indicated that I would be on the street, I was so upset with myself that yeah. that was what I had decided my consequence was going to be. Yeah. So the, they could very well be making up these very extreme consequences. In their brain. In their brain. And they're scared to say because they don't want their world to be rocked. So it's good for families to know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go from the family perspective, mm-hmm. from friends. I want you to say what things did people do with the right attitude, with the right heart, with the right love for you that maybe they shouldn't do or maybe they shouldn't say? Was there anything like that? Well, I think what was tricky with us when we when they first found out is that everybody had an idea of what we should do. And everybody and gave everybody advice. Wanted, everybody mm-hmm. wanted that to be the way. Okay. So it doesn't, it was, I, I, re, I realize now it was like a response mechanism to try to fix it quickly. Um, so I think just kind of going through, okay, what are the options and letting, letting the, the teens that are involved come up with a path, a path for themselves. So, and that's what happened with me and Jeff. We actually didn't get married till, um, Skylar was 18 months old, Okay, but um, and I, maybe we could do that a little different knowing when we were older, but that was the path we wanted to, we wanted to get married on our time and we wanted to, and that's what we did. And doesn't mean it was just real fluid once we decided, but there were just, when you have an opinion or something you think that they should do, maybe a, a, approach it as a suggestion rather or another than, idea. Mm-hmm. rather than the ultimatum. This is how it should be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see hear that. So what were things that were said to you maybe by friends mm-hmm. when they found out that were good, that you really appreciated? Well, I had, I had a sweet friend that just totally caught me by surprise. He showed up at my doorstep with a book, the good night moon book. Oh, and he gave it to me and said, here, this is for you with your, with your baby. And that just spoke volumes to me to have somebody care enough that um, they would do that. Pretty special. So I think just um, when you have when you have someone who's going through that to support them in their in that decision that hey you know what um, because I know that some people have talked to me thinking well I think you should and people who don't have the same belief system as me thinks that I was 100% within my own right to have an abortion, but mm-hmm. I had made my, and decision. I had made my decision mm-hmm. and I didn't need to be swayed from that. From that. So I, I appreciated just the simple, that somebody had book. support and they gave me a book. And do you know, I, speaking of angel people, we, we had the biggest baby shower ever. Like my parents, <laughs> Jeff's parents, um, the masks, they, and my aunt Becky, and they, they threw me the biggest baby shower and I had never met them in person yet. Oh, wow. So just to have gener- the generosity of people like really coming together, it does truly take a village to raise children. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I saw that village show up in so many ways. Together. That, and it inspired me to be part of a village for other people. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get to the hard one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
I want our listeners to be a little patient because this is going to be hard. And it's been 19 years. Yeah. But I don't think it gets easier to take yourself back to that place. Right. And so um, I want you to talk to the girl who hasn't had her period in a couple months. And she's scared. Mm -hmm. What do you tell her? Yeah, and that's the hard part because... um, my heart bleeds for that girl because I was that girl but I would tell her that she is fearfully and wonderfully made (laughs) that God has a plan for her and this precious baby and that life doesn't as much as we want to dream and fantasize about what life will be like it doesn't work out the way we have mapped out in our head and that's a good thing because mm-hmm. it allows for things beyond our imagination to happen. And that's why God's in control of it because he has blessed me so much more than I ever would have thought just from that sweet little baby that has grown our family. And so I would just tell her that she's valuable, that she's not, her mistake isn't her new label. <laughs> like that's not. That's not what you walk in. You don't walk in shame and guilt that you walk in, okay, I now have a little life that I've been blessed with and he's gonna, that life is going to bring blessing to me. And it'll be hard, but it'll be worth every single tear, pain, struggle because that that's what she's been gifted through this little baby. Oh, so... So just keep moving one step in front of the other. Just keep going and trust that, you know, that you were given this baby for a reason. And they can, I I think all the time, like, what world changers I have. Little world changers. (laughs) And just. What would this world be like without Skylar? Yeah. What would I do? What would I do without Skylar and Landon and Eliza? Like, just, you know, it's just, that was God's path for me. So, (sighs) Sorry, I tried not this to cry. This is good. This is good. So my dear sweet friend, mm-hmm. you um, have given some shout outs to people. Is there anybody else that you need to give a shout out to? You've done for your sister-in-law mm. and for some dear friends, for your parents, for your in-laws, mm. for um, Jeff, your yes. kids, anything else? Well, my siblings too. They, yeah. um, Jeff's sibling, his sister is his only sibling, but my brother and sister, they were, they, they supported me through all of this. They've, They've supported my children as, you know, just as we do. It's been family for sure. My church family, um, my friends from, I, I think I, I covered them all, my Nana. Awesome. Oh, I yes, we forgot Nana. You have to shout never, out for Nana. You can never forget <laughs> Nana. She's, um, she, yeah. And, She's and a rock. We, and we really have that bond, you know, because awesome. we've lived through the same kind of thing. And, and she is a rock. She's been through... A lot of things, and I'm thankful that she's taught me as much as she has. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know and I trust God to put this story right in the lap of a family and a girl that needs to hear this. And in Jesus' name, I pray that. So thank you, my friend, for being here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for Graceful Stories, where we get the opportunity to see the grace of our Heavenly Dad in the real stories of our guests. I'd like to thank our guest today, Dina Morris, 
for sharing her story and helping us see how she never felt abandoned by Jesus and in fact has felt his presence powerfully in and through this amazing story of life. If you have any questions or would like to share your story, message us. We will get right back with you. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe so that you never miss a story. And stay tuned next time to hear the story of two nurses on the front lines of a pandemic. Until next time, my friends, put your faith in Jesus because God's got this.